With the new iPhone SE for less than 100 bucks at Metro, you rule. It's the most affordable iPhone on the number one brand in prepaid. So whether you're studying online or FaceTiming. Hey, Mom. Hi, dear. The iPhone SE has all you need. Switch to Metro and get the iPhone SE for $99.99 after rebate redemption and six months of service with AutoPay. Metro by T-Mobile. Rule your day. Limit one per account slash household. Requires port and ID validation. Not valid for numbers currently on the T-Mobile network or active on Metro in past 90 days. Restrictions apply. See store for details. <laughs> hey guys, welcome back to We Watch Movie. I'm Mike. I'm Jay. And, and what? What? Return of the Mac. Once again, return of the Mac. Michael Myers. Of Michael Myers. You know what? This is Halloween 6. Actually, Halloween The Curse of Michael Myers, which some will say is one of the shittiest in the series, and goddammit, we say it's one of the fucking best. Yeah, I love Halloween. The original, and then to me it goes Halloween, Halloween. Save it for the ranking, you piece of shit house. Crick fuck. God damn it. Tates. How many times? Who am I supposed to build ramps for? Who am I supposed to build ramps for now? Taints in my mouth. Fucking times. Halloween six. The curse of Michael Myers. When we find out Michael likes to fuck his niece. What? That was in the producer's cut. <laughs> that little guy right there. No way, man. They don't worry about that. Jimmy 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 Daniel Ferrance, who wrote this script, went into a cod and uh, the he went into a cod. Daniel Ferrance. Daniel. 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 Fucking goddamn Ferrance. Ah, Daniel fucking Ferrance. Daniel Ferrance wrote this script, and he was he was in a rock and hard place because after the good the, the shits that was Halloween 5 with the man in black and he likes to fucking kick puppies with his steel-toed shoes so much swamp and ass. Michael gets blown out of prison with a guy with a Tommy gun like where do you write the fucking series after Dick that? Tracy. Especially because the guy who wrote Halloween 5 openly was like yeah I had no idea where this was supposed to go I just wanted to make that shitty movie more interesting so we did it um, and Daniel Ferrance came in and you know what give him some credit I love like, him don't shit on him he so a much fan, man give him some credit man because he went in there and he was like you know what I'm gonna chucky this shit because because Chucky's the one franchise that has actually held true to canon no matter what crazy shit they do. And he was like, I'm gonna keep all the other movies involved. So he wrote Halloween 6 and he was like, I'm gonna involve all that shit, I'm gonna make it work. And what he ended up doing was taking the man in black and making him a part of this druid cult and they were in a bunker somewhere, and they had captured Jamie, and they had Michael fuck her. Which, I mean, that's probably... <laughs> that's in the producer's cut. So we're just talking about the regular cut. Yeah, this is the theatrical cut. But eventually, there's a baby. Jamie has a baby, and Michael wants to kill the last of his bloodline, which is the baby. So you get the opening, and there's a baby there, and they're wiping blood on it. And he does it wrong I think the first this is what time, happens. So I think the whole away. opening sequence of this thing, while cool... Well, not... It's cool as fuck when Michael emerges, but leading up to that point, it looks like... I think this is what happens when you join ICP <laughs> as a juggalo. <laughs> These fuckers like come up with like cloaks and like weird. And they're like Michael Myers was only eight years, six years old when they became. You know the whole Thorn thing. It's cool because they had nowhere to go after Halloween Five, but. It doesn't really get badass till Michael shows up on the scene. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, you know what? There's there's parts of this story that are crazy and shitty and dumb and whatever and weird, and the editing gets terrible. And there's two different cuts of the movie, which is fun for the franchise's lore. Right. And again, we're just talking about the theatrical cut here today on this day. Um, but yeah, so this new baby's born, and, and uh, Michael's being ran by this cult. It's the sources of his evil. Paul Rudd explains it later later in the movie. It's a it's it's a bad scene. Um, but if you can forget all that shit, Michael is does some of his most badass work. Yeah, this is where this Michael, this is like in Rocky IV when he was preparing for Drago and he comes back strong as ever and fucking hardcore because he was working in a barn with like hearts on fire. 
Like, yeah. that's how Michael is. Michael is the most vicious in this movie since, like, well, but Rob Zombie kind of recreates that later, but this is the first time you see Michael full on steroids I love. Yeah. And I will rip your fucking head off, Joe Bob. Just the opening sequence, man, with the smoke as he walks out of the little bunker thing and that dump bump. And it's got that rock and roll kind of music going yeah. with it, man. You felt like Mark Wahlberg in fear with a weird, like, tight black sweater. It's crazy, man. And her veins are popping out. And you're like, God damn it. So Michael comes out of there and the, the, the nurse is like, oh, fuck this shit. She tries to save Jamie. the kid. She tries to save Jamie. Tries to save the kid. I like how she also, when she lets Jamie go and she pushes her out the door and she's like, come with me. She's like, no, save your baby. And then when she hears a slam in the door she, or in, in the distance, she's like, Jamie's like, why would Jamie come back? You know you're <laughs> fucked. Just keep running, yo. Yeah, and that's probably one of the best kills of the entire uh, franchise of Halloween. Michael comes in and picks that nurse up. And why is there a spike in the wall? Who gives a fuck? He slams her ass right in the spike on that wall, and then you get the classic head tilt, and that's the first time you get a really good look at the new mask, I'll, which is sick I, as I dug, fuck. I dug the shit out of that mask. I don't know why. I mean, he, it looked a little chunkier, but it looked cool, though. There he is. There he is. But it was originally George P. Wilbur in that mask, and he looks good. You know, he's, he's, he's had a few, few fatty dogs in his diet, but yeah, he looks good. The way he walks, the way the music looks, the way the smoke's coming out. Yeah, Jamie comes out of a dumpster, but it's a secret fucking lair under the ground. You know, it's a cult. Yeah, only Batman could find it. She goes to escape. She runs away. Michael chases her down, finds her at a barn. And the shitty fucking thing is that... Danielle Harris, um, they didn't want to pay her. Yeah. They didn't want to give her her due for that. And dude, uh, and we, we talked about this in the last reviews, but one of the greatest child actors of all time, in my opinion, in four and five, even though five sucks shit, four had its problems. Danielle Harris was amazing. They didn't want to pay her to come back, which is a huge mistake. So they got this new actress, and she was fine, but you could tell it wasn't Daniel Harris. Well, to be honest, I, I I agree with that too. But I also think you know, even the short amount of time that Jamie Lloyd is even on screen is kind of a tragic thing for this movie as well. Because I would have liked to have seen that her character kind of do the Laurie Strode thing and and continue on past four or five, and then as an adult, kind of you know get back with Loomis and figure out a way to take Michael down. I would, I would have loved to have seen what they would have done with that character development, but you know, it'd be what it be, and the guy wrote it the way that he wrote it, and I understand, but still, that was a shitty part of that thing as well. But. Such a waste, man. And so, But it, her death scene, the cool thing is her death scene's awesome. Mm -hmm. He chases her down to a barn, he puts her on this weird barn machinery, and then when she reaches out for him, you get that second, and this is how you know this is crazy fucking crazy cuckoo banana waffles, Michael, because she reaches out out for him and he does that quick there's no taking off your mask there's no teardrop like in five there's no hookie boogies like in the first one he just goes nah fuck this I like shit. what pushes her down deeper no he deeper. does he does that like he does that thing in wrestling when she's like doing this and he's like oh yes you want that <laughs> fuck it he's like fuck you he's like I already did this once you took my mask off and made me cry but no more Mr. Nice Guy corner titty smack like, gotcha. and, then, and then she's just like you'll never get the baby he's like you tell me my business devil woman and then he turns the machine on and it, it, it grinds her guts up yeah, gnarly like, this business. one this, I mean I'm telling you man this movie never shied away from the, the violent gory side of Michael Myers yeah. which I think it needed I mean it needed a, a, like an adrenaline spike in it after the shit-tastic version of Swamp Thing's ass in your face from Halloween 5. And this did it in, in spades, man. And that was what I, like, I know that people have their problems with this movie, and that's fine, I understand that. Because Michael had been gone, as far as, the, there hadn't been a Halloween movie since 89, and this came out in 95. But the way they came back, man, it's like a fucking champ coming back after years of retirement and showing, like, why I'm the best. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's the like, 90s, 2000s now, dog. Shit's about to get weird. Feel it, feel it! Swim by Duster! It makes everything rustier!
perfect time to mention really quick the differences between um, the producer's cut and this cut because one of the main things is and this is one of the few things that the Weinsteins uh, in my opinion Miramax Dimension did right they wanted more gore and the Akkads didn't want that and there was a big fight about it you got really really badass horror gore scenes and even though we both agree that H2 goes too far that Rob Zombie goes too far when Way you inject it into now. the characters and unicorns and the original Halloween's so great because of what they did with the gore uh, with, with the lack of gore and how special they made it but this was a perfect time in the franchise for them to give Michael some balls and make him do some gnarly shit and I do appreciate that theatrical cut that the studio in a weird way won out it's rare that you say that but in, in this, this instance yeah. it works because you got that death you've also got uh, old old Jim Jig Bobby 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 Jones with the truck when she's escaping. He's oh, like, yeah. oh, that's my fucking truck. And then Michael's like, he looked like he looks like every dude's dad in Kentucky. He's like, what you say? Get out my truck! And then Michael twists his head around. That was cool as hell. What are you doing, with my slim jims? And uh, right, yeah. <laughs> and after all of that, you know, the cool death scene. Michael's fooled because she doesn't. You know, he wants the baby. You know, he wants to kill the baby. I guess. <laughs> but it's his just line. brawny. It's just brawny. And you can see what he what he squishes. He's like, I like squishing shit too. <laughs> like, but he's so mad. He's like, fuck. But then he's kind of happy. He's like, I like squishing it. <laughs> but then you get to cut, and this is where it gets pretty cool too. Um, no, actually, we didn't even miss it. before that. In yeah, the train station. you get you get introduced by the way to Paul Rudd, the great Paul Rudd. I just go put my dick up in you. You get Paul, you? this is the Paul Rudd's first movie. Yeah, phenomenal job. There was a little drawback to his character a little bit. He's playing Tommy. He's kind of he's taken on the Doctor Loomis role in a way of kind of being obsessed with Michael, trying to track down Michael, not believing that Michael died. You know, in in Halloween Five, all that stuff. And they're listening to a radio program and. All that stuff, you, you also get reintroduced to Donald Pleasance. He's an old guy, he's retired, he's living out in the woods, and all that stuff. It meant the way that, that whole, those sequences play out together, it's really cool. It's, it's greatly a, written. It's a quite, yeah, it's not like it's overdone. It's not like done like super like intricate or exquisite or whatever, but it's not done, it's not done like without love or heart into it. It's like it's done just enough to get you right back into where Halloween 5 fucked you over. It's cool, man, because her going to the, uh, on her way to her death, she goes to a train station, and, and in doing so, Busted. there's really bad writing in that. <laughs> there's, there's stupid fucking writing in that. Like, why did you call a radio station instead of the police? Well, she said that, the, well, remember the phone line, all the phone lines to Haddonfield were down. How the fuck does she call the radio station? 911 don't work, bitch! How the fuck does radio station work, Jake? It's a, That's it's what a I'm saying. Thing. It, and, 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 and Paul Rudd's listening to it on a, on his special. He's the, he's the dude from American Beauty. He's got all this great equipment because he sells pot on the weekends from his catering job. That's what you do. Um, and then he, he he wants to fuck Kevin Spacey or did Kevin Spacey? Kevin Spacey fuck wants him? to fuck him. There we go. He wasn't sure. No, his dad thought that Kevin Spacey wanted. Never the fuck. We're not. not going there. He's he's listening to it and he notices. I like the way he turns when he notices. He hears the trains. He's like, mm. that's what I'm talking about, dude. The overdramatic sell that Paul Rudd goes for <laughs> to make sure that you know that he shops at Spencer's. He does like <laughs> he does this like. He, he seems like, you know, when Jamie's like, Dr. Loomis, anybody, Michael's coming, and he's like, it's like, it's kind of like a, where's your eggs, aisle three, he's like, boy, was on aisle two last week. <laughs> there's three, <laughs> it's over dramatic. There's three terrible scenes where he does that. It's when he hears the sound, and he's like, whoop, I'm just pacing in my room and on the Sunday away, afternoon. And then walking away in the hospital. And walking away in the hospital with the baby, where he's like, <laughs> and then uh, the third one is when they're in the lair later on, and uh, uh, he sees Michael come for him, and, and he's trying to break open that door with the gas, with the, uh, with the, oh, he starts, oh, and yeah, he's the, like, the canister, <laughs> the fire extinguisher. <laughs> No! Get out! I put a fucking 
and your butt cheek. Go! Go! I, and I don't like to see Dr. Loomis or Donald Pleasance in that kind of weakened state, because this was Donald Pleasance's last movie as far as uh, uh, being Dr. Loomis, because uh, unfortunately he died. But it was cool though, like you, you do get, I, I guess you, people wanted to see him kind of taking it easy now, like after, like people don't believe him anymore, and like I've done enough, I've tried, and these motherfuckers still want to get killed by the boogeyman. He likes the countryside. Yeah. But he thrives on but, but there was still a moment though, like when he's listening to the radio and he turns it up and you can hear, I think he recognizes in that moment, and such good acting by Donald Pleasance, that, that, that's Always. how great of an actor Donald Pleasance was, just to tell a story with his eyes or his face, you can see his eyes kind of just lightly like kind of pick up for a minute when he says Michael, Michael Myers, and then it's like he's coming and Dr. Loomis and, and there's lightning. He knows it's Jamie and he knows that she's telling the truth and then of course the radio station being a dick because they got to sell ads to Starbucks has to hang up real quick but <clears throat> still great scene by Donald Pleasance and it's again when I say a quick introduction it is a quick introduction back to or at least giving you the main characters or the main players in the story but it's still done really well. Yeah. And yeah. that's why I think a lot of uh, lessons should be learned nowadays with horror movies and stuff because you don't have to have like a million fucking intricate backstories and plot lines just to get yeah. somebody back into the just film. Just get to the dick of it. All right. you know? I'd like to get to the tip. Also, this introduces us to Dr. Wynn, who a lot of people don't realize this or put this together, um, but Dr. Wynn, who shows up, who's a great actor. Like, I like this guy. He's a great character actor. He shows up, and he's like everyone's grandpa, you know, mm. that character. But looks he like shows he sells up. Orville Redenbacher popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> he looks like Orville Redenbacher. Yeah. But he's actually the guy that you see with the mustache in 1978 Halloween who Loomis is yelling at saying he was doing way well last night or whatever that's the same character so this is him later on and he shows up and he's like Dr. Uh, Loomis he was like we want you to come back and, and we want you to run Smith's Grove I want you to take over and he's like uh, you know it's not wise to play prank, uh, Halloween pranks on me which is another great line in this series uh, and that starts off with the druid cult thing and we'll get into all that later but that's pretty cool but that kind of sets the stage for everything and it's really cool and then you're introduced to uh, the new uh, Jamie slash Laurie type character uh, which is Kara Strode who's played by Marianne Hogan she's not in a lot of stuff but A um, I'm strangely deeply attracted no, she, to this that's not strange dude she's hot and, yeah. and that's she's gorgeous she did a really good job with the role like yeah. you know what honestly the way that she looked I would have taken her as Mary Jane yeah. <laughs> she's hot basically she's in a broken home uh, Kara is her her father is a bastard asshole. One of the greatest ass one of the greatest horror movie assholes of all time. He is. He's the quintessential suburban asshole drunk dad. Well, like, when when he said, well, she's like, dude, it, it's one of those awkward morning conversations that you get to be a part of as a viewer to watch. Like, because this happens. Like, I'm sure it happens a lot when when you know a, a child comes back after so long and then the mother's like here and he's like, oh yeah, that's right, Linda, just keep slipping her on money. Like, you know what? Fucking all our goddamn money and like throws it in her face. I always like that part because I laugh. I know I shouldn't, but when it hits her face, it goes. She's like, like it's like he threw ninja stars at her, and then she, you know she's like, why don't you leave her alone? And then that whole thing with him pimp slapping her, and then Danny doing the whole knife thing. Like, come on, guys. Like, I'm never gonna buy into that Danny yeah. was gonna take over. You could have cut certain things out of the script and, and just made it cleaner and easier. Uh, like, like the entire Danny thing. But um, yeah, so but but still, yeah. John Strode's one of the greatest horror movie dad bad guys cool of all guy. time, yeah. and the way he gets it's fucking awesome. Because when Michael finally decides to show up, and first what what happens is I think there's a lot of people on Facebook that are like that though. The way he is at the very beginning was like enough of this, goddamn Michael Myers. <laughs> 
bullshit. That's exactly right. Um, but and, and this movie does have a really good Halloween atmosphere, which some of the movies lack. The way that Haddonfield feels, the way it all feels, it feels really good. Uh, but this house is perfect because they're living in the Myers house. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they find out about Loomis shows up in her house and she ends up getting it. Because Michael chases her through these sheets, and even though it's it's kind of a crazy, weird, dumb scene or whatever, and she's just a complete idiot the whole movie. She's like, "Oh, I just want to do some laundry, back. Magoo. You know, she she ends up dying in her own laundry. Sheets. I do like the but, way Michael oh, kills man, her. Oh man, that was fucking sick. Shaka! Yeah, I am all that is man. I hated the last Airbender. Do I, yeah, I love the whole thing. Like when she's like, "Oh, Michael," and he's like, "Don't call me that." And yeah. then like, oh man, Blood splatter. Like, oh, fucking cool as shit. Man. Michael takes the dirty linens, put him, puts them in the dryer. I, and I nice of Can we point out the fact that Michael is also an artist? The way that he displays Always. the bodies for Halloween. Always. He hangs them upside down. He puts them in the laundry to make sure that people understand that I took a lot of time to do this. There's blood, but there's linen that is clean at the same time, and it smells like downy. I want you to discover it, and then I'm gonna electrocute you. And John Strode gets a, a, a badass death for for a great asshole character. You know, he literally, his head explodes from the fucking electrocution. Later on, they move forward to, and this is a weird thing, This Halloween <laughs> Returns was going to go back to this, where the whole idea was Halloween's been banned, and they're having this party um, try, I, trying, to, cool. trying to get Halloween back. You better sleep all day, Michael! Halloween is a baby that Jamie had and right she put it in a fucking cup by the way I want to say that he is the greatest detective of all time because he somehow goes sits down in the same booth that she's just happened to sit in and, and, and follows a track of blood I mean I don't know where this bus depot was Compton. nobody in the entire nobody bus cares. station heard that baby crying in that fucking bathroom nobody not, not only heard it they didn't see the blood trail they didn't see anything nope you're getting fired tomorrow Dan for not doing your job as a janitor take it to a fire station and then lady. you know he sees the baby takes it home go or takes it as a responsible person goes to the uh, hospital and he was like, get me a doctor! Like, that's a whole fucking thing. <laughs> and then he sees, by the way, I like how he knows Dr. Loomis just from the back. Yeah. Like, Dr. Loomis hadn't turned around. He's like, Dr. Yes. Loomis. He's like, yes? <laughs> uh, but I'm just here getting my prostate examined. There's a, there's a moment there. It was really cool that they're in that one scene together. And then, of course, you were talking about when... Yeah, so they decided to meet yeah. at, at, this, at this, uh, this Halloween party. And uh, you, you've got the fucking Barry, the, the DJ there. And he's like, I bet she wears crotchless panties and barks like a dog. How about you not let... Stop it my girlfriend, dog. <laughs> and this stupid fucking plot where they're like, oh, we're going to go to the real Myers house next. And then Barry gets it and, the, and a very uh, uh, a scene reminiscent of the way Nancy got it in part one. Mm -hmm. or uh, The way that she got it in the car. But the way that Michael kills him, though, he puts him up in the tree in this crazy puts, fucking... puts, like, lights like, around him. And yeah, shit. it's crazy. It's so then, decorative. The classic scene, which nobody talks about, well, we love when the little girl's like, Mommy, it's raining. It's raining rain. And then she like does this thing. I was like, first off, you're a stupid kid. Because there's no rain. It's uh, blood, rain. you little shit. There's no red rain. And it's not going to be. She's like, it's so warm. And Paul Rowe's like, you are fucking dumb. <laughs> and then he looks up. He's like, oh. But again, like I, I was trying to imagine this. Like Michael getting up into a tree, pulling the body up, like setting it just right on the branches, and then wrapping fucking lights around it. It makes no sense. And then like him doing this all while people are like, oh, yeah, I don't see it. Michael is the actual proprietor of Michael's Arts and Crafts. <laughs> like he 
loves his Good fucking arts and crafts. He loves it. That's all he's trying to do is promote his brand. But yeah, so uh, Barry and the team's like, oh my god, you live in the Myers house, let's go there. Meanwhile, these two dumb fucks go and they're like, even though there's a whole radio crew coming to our house, let's light candles and slowly have sex. Okay, to be honest though, and to be fair to those characters, they didn't believe the Michael Myers bullshit, especially the girl, and she was alright enough to be like, you know what, I kind of But the radio it. station was on their way there! Who cares, they have like a good, look, it, have they, a quick bend it over and bang it out. Five minutes. Yeah. Three minutes. You don't like candles. I can, and he's all like, let's light the candles. Well, I mean, I don't want to be rude and say like, we, just do me, Richard. I don't want to be rude and say that, like, light the candles. That's fine. But it's going to be over in three minutes and then I can get in the shower. But That's whatever. True. We'll just do that. That's true. So I mean, you got to stay fresh. I will be satisfied. You will not. Get! Get! You will not go out tonight! The party with Jason! <laughs> Uh, but yeah, either way, yeah. So yeah. they have sex, then Michael does the cool, like he kills the guy in the bathroom, comes out, and he does, that's a really cool scene. As the girl, as Kara is looking across the street and, and watching through the camera, Michael comes up uh, behind Beth and starts fucking like whooping her ass and be like, don't you ever fuck in my bedroom. <laughs> and like, just like, you know, a cool ass vicious. By the way, I, I just want to go back to, you know, we'll get to the, the end as fast as we can because I know you guys don't want to listen to 80 minutes of us fucking this thing, this movie. But the long shots, the way that it's shot, like just Michael standing outside the house with the little boys looking across the street with the lightning. Man, there's so many cool elements of that and just kind of bringing that badassery of Michael back. Like, it's so fucking sweet. It's like seeing Batman, like, standing on the tower, like, hunched over, like, I would find him. Like, it was cool. Those kind of things go underrated and unnoticed in this movie by a lot of people, and that, that's really true. But yeah, he kills him. She finds him. Um, this is where it, the editing gets really shit because... When they wake up. <laughs> yeah, they wake up. Loomis shows up. Paul Rudd's there. Uh, he's got the kids. All this crazy shit's going on. There's Paul Rudd's grandma who's like, what the fuck? Well, the kid... She's well, part of the cult, you know? They kidnap, When they kidnap the girl and then they... <laughs> and then Dr. Loomis and Paul Rudd come out there and they're like, I think we've been drugged. Uh, yes, we've been drugged. That's what I was getting at. Like, the, the whole cult shows up. We find out it's Dr. Wynn, and this is where the producer's cut stuff really kicks in because it's just like a clink, and all of a sudden Paul Rudd, she jumps out the window. Paul Rudd and Dr. Lewis are standing outside like, I think I've been drugged. It was a crazy yeah, I've been drugged. Last Sunday. Then we go right back to the cult layer. Let's just look over that whole terrible editing thing. They had to do it for their reasons, whatever the fuck. Uh, it's the kind of thing you gotta look over if you really want to enjoy this movie, and you do. Um, so they go into this crazy fucking pit of doom. They go to they go to Smith's, uh, Smith's Grove Sanitarium, right? Yeah, but the way it's just like, it looks like an alien spaceship, you know? They go down there, there's this crazy lady that Paul Rudd runs into, and she's like, he's back! And she's I, got black that teeth. Was seen, that, that scared dead. me when I was a kid, though, and she was like, what's it feel like to be damned? And the way that Paul Rudd was like, oh shit! I felt the same way, I was like, oh shit! That's <laughs> when Michael shows up, and he's like, <laughs> dude, the, okay, but we're getting to the scene, the scene that defines for me maybe the, the greatest, no, maybe the greatest death scene of the entire series. Fuck yeah. I'm sorry, man. Like, I mean, you're going from Halloween- Tell it on a mountain, I will bitch. go preach it with a monster in my hand. Fucking bitch. Look, guys, look, there's few things in life that really get your nipples and your dick erect, right? What? Mariah Carey, Kim Kardashian, nah. Elton John singing can you feel the love? A lot of weird things sometimes. Yeah, I know. But there are some things, though, that happen that just 
make you feel all the way sexual and make you shift to turbo. And when it when that strobe scene happens, when Michael picks up that fucking machete thing and starts killing all those goddamn doctors, yeah. wow, dude, that, that thing was off the fucking charts ridiculous. It's the first time you get Michael Myers in full-on rage mode where he has a cool it's like when mask. My, it's like you, when Batman got the metallic suit. <laughs> like, it's fucking badass. Where he looks good, it's fucking rock and roll, it's badass, it's fucking... And, and you know what? It's hard to tell what's going on. There's a strobe light. Didn't care. Be careful when you watch it because it's like fucking like that. He just goes nutso on these fucking doctors and it, it's such a, it's one of the most badass Michael Myers scenes in the, I, in, the, in the series. And to be honest with you, I don't even know, I guess because uh, again, the cuts, they were so fucking bad, I suppose, in this like in sequence. I have no idea what they were doing there. Like, I don't even know what the doctors were preparing for because the baby was in a separate room along with Danny who they kidnapped <laughs> and Danny was looking at a fucking x-ray chart of a broken bone. You know I have no it, idea. It was Michael Myers doing the Dolph Lundgren and Rocky Four. He's like, I'm fine for me! Yeah. You know what? It was Michael Myers killing those fuckers because, like, I ain't taking a shot. You're not going to prepare a shot for me. I ain't needles. I don't need no hefe shot. But, yeah, but, dude, when he goes in there and just starts fucking things up, and it's really cool how it happens because Paul Rudd kind of like peeks around the corner at the plexiglass, and you see that, that girl's face, like, smush against the glass and the blood, and then it goes, and you see Paul Rudd go, why is there a strobe light? I don't give a fuck. But, dude, he looks so sick, and then when the door opens up and that one doctor escapes, he's like, oh, oh, God, and then Michael comes out and he goes, that doctor, by the way, was George P. Wilbur, who played him in the first half of the film before they replaced replaced him with the thinner Michael Myers. There was so much, there was so much energy going on. I felt like I was running the goddamn marathon because when Michael comes, he's like, and then like you know, Michael's like Michael's hard as fuck at this point. He's like, "Where's you going? I ain't done with my bloodlust." And like, and you can even see it, like when he's running down the hall, Michael picks up speed. He's like. Like, Michael's like, I'm coming to get you! Like, uh, dude, This is so, not a fucking game! I don't know, I know that we're probably fucking like, like, it's sick, it's probably sick for some people that don't know horror or love it as much as we do, but it really made me feel Christmassy. Yeah. I was like, kill it, Michael! Yeah. Kill it all! Like, it I mean, that, that whole sequence, like, the strobe lights, the kills, and then chasing down the hallway, oh my Very God. Very T2, the whole hallway chase, by the way, even though they look like, like I said, they were in an alien spaceship. But yeah, he goes out, and the ending's pretty badass too, I thought. You've got the fucking, uh, he faces off, he's like, he, he does the thing Loomis did in 5, where he's like, here's the baby, you've won, take it. But when Michael comes up to him, he shoots some random green shit into Michael's fucking head. I like that heroin. <laughs> and then beats him with a fucking pipe, and the, and Paul Rudd goes nutso on him in an awesome way, and like, that's kind of what you wanted to see. Like, I want to see someone really be like, I'm gonna fuck you up, Michael, because now you're full of that juice juice. I got the juice! You got the juice, right? <laughs> you got that Gatorade. You got, you got pumped full of fucking ecto-cooler, and then Paul <laughs> Rudd just goes fucking nuts, and, and beats the shit up and I, and I love that scene. I, it was so cool looking to see Michael Myers' mask go back and forth, all that green shit coming out of it. Remember what it was, well, good, viscerally, it was good. What about when he was choking Marianne or Kara? Kara? That was another uh, very violent scene and like, yeah. you know, pressing down her throat and like she sold it so well. Like she was really underrated in this movie. I can't believe that she didn't do more because she sold that I fucking... She was great. Yeah, she was like, Ugh. like it looked fucking sick and cool as hell. But yeah, when Michael gets stabbed with that shit the first time, he's like, <laughs> I feel funny. Fuck, should have a horrible shot, man. I have. I want to go play basketball. <laughs> but yeah, it was cool. Yeah, and then yeah, Paul Rudd does beat his ass with that yeah. pipe. And that was cool. And then the editing gets a little crazier because they beat him up with the pipe or whatever. They take the kid. They go out. Next thing you know, you're in the street. And Loomis is putting him in a jeep, and he's like, "No, just go. I have things to deal with." And then the next, I have thing to you delete know, my browser history. <laughs> <laughs> next thing you know, um, and it's really sad that this is the way it had to go down. But at least they gave him some sort of sin off because you know Lu Loomis or um, Donald, Pleasance. Donald Pleasance actually died um, 
they they wanted to, to give him some sort of send off. So you just hear Loomis screaming while a close up shot goes on the mask and the needle full of the green shit. And that's that's how the movie ends. But I, I like the fact that they ended it at least open ended, so they didn't really kill Michael off, or they didn't do some weird like I'm in a jail cell and a Dick Tracy scene happened at the end of Halloween Five, and now he's just gone. I like that uh, you know, Michael doesn't have a mask anymore, but he'll get a new one, like he always does. But you know, it is the end of a timeline. It's the end of yeah. a timeline. And if I mean, you guys want to end it there, you can. Yeah, you could. You could technically end it there because Michael's still alive. But uh, if you guys want to get the full story about as far as like what the whole Doctor Loomis is screaming for. You'd have to watch the producer's cut. I think that they show that in the producer's cut why he screams. But still, as far as a Halloween entry, as far as like uh, Donald Pleasant's last movie, there are worse ways to go out. That movie was vicious and violent as shit. That's like this movie was like ECW, fucking the WWF and WW or WCW. It was like ECW shit, like yeah. barbed wire, goddamn cage matches. And I love the shit out of that. And I know that the story kind of suffered a little bit, maybe for that reason. And you know, there was a lot of debate about how do we shoot this movie, how do we edit this movie, because it was written by a fan, and then they had to in interpret that and incorporate it some way and kind of make it fit with how. Five, but they did their best, and as far as the overall product, the the lighting, the atmosphere, the ambiance, the the Michael uh, being vicious, man, it works. As, it, it, again, it's my second favorite film of the entire Halloween series, and I think has the best 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 death scene of any of the Halloween movies, as far as like killing all the doctors. You know, as a movie, I give it a seven because uh, it has a fuck ton of writing problems and has a fuck ton of story problems but you know they did the best they could they had a lot of shit to work with there was that there's the editing problems there's a whole lore behind the producer's cut or whatever uh but that does not mean that i rank it as a seven in my favorite movies mm. because i might give it a seven as a movie but where it holds near and dear to my heart is a completely different thing and part of the reason for that is because our old hollywood video this was the only halloween movie they had so we would we rent, rent it, it all the time fucking constantly so i probably watched it more than any other in the series and i have, it holds a special place in my heart as a movie but as a, trying to be as judicial as possible like on the outside the movie i give a seven that's not where i'd rank it though i'd give it a 7.5 if i'm gonna be fair or maybe an eight i mean eight still i mean it's high as fuck but there are a lot of problems obviously with it but still at the end of the day it's got that it's got that nostalgic impact for me that really maybe unfairly sets it apart other than the other. I remember seeing the trailer for it when I was a kid. I remember watching that shit when I was, you know, when it was coming back in 95 and it was just so cool, man. And like you said, the Hollywood movie blockbuster, we rented that nonstop. And yeah, man, it had problems, but Michael had never looked so sexual before ever. Except for the first one. The first one, yeah. Um, say what you want about this movie, but there's not another movie in the entire franchise that feels like it. There's not a movie in, my opinion, the Friday the 13th or the Nightmare on Elm Street movie that feels no, that unique. weird feel it's that unique. this movie feels. It's got so, uniqueness. Comment down below. Let us know your all thoughts. We love your fucking faces, and we're unapologetic about how much we love the curse of fucking Michael I Myers. I fuck. Suck our dicks, Greg. Don't, I don't want you to. I just, the term that I'm saying... When I speak, we love your fucking faces. If you're new to the channel, click that subscribe button. I guess god damn wham up in you. I said god damn. I swear to God, I ain't believe him.
With the new iPhone SE for less than 100 bucks at Metro, you rule. It's the most affordable iPhone on the number one brand in prepaid. So whether you're studying online or FaceTiming. Hey, Mom. Hi, dear. The iPhone SE has all you need. Switch to Metro and get the iPhone SE for $99.99 after rebate redemption and six months of service with AutoPay. Metro by T-Mobile. Rule your day. Limit one per account slash household. Requires port and ID validation. Not valid for numbers currently on the T-Mobile network or active on Metro in past 90 days. Restrictions apply. See store for details. Tune out with Nevia by Moen, the spa shower that offers double the coverage using about half the water, making it look, sound, and feel totally different. Learn more at moen.com slash Nevia.